few weeks ago, I ventured out to the Westmead Health Precinct. I went out there with the recording equipment and I got to speak with Naren Gunja, the Chief Medical Information Officer for Western Sydney Local Health District. It was great to be able to catch up in real life and sit across from him. And in that conversation that we recorded, which you're going to hear shortly, we spoke about what clinicians want when it comes to technology. And we focused a bit on some of the implementations of technology they've done in West and Sydney and the role that technology plays within the precinct. We also explored some of the work they're doing with digital hospitals as well. So during that time as well, it's great being able to do things in person again, isn't it? I got to do a tour around the hospital, walk around, see some of the tools in action. And it was pretty clear they've thought deeply about making technology support the workflow as opposed to building how they do things around the technology. I mean, there's always work to do and it's always in progress, but it's encouraging to see nonetheless. So after the music, you'll hear the conversation I had with Naren Gunja, Chief Medical Information Officer for Western Sydney Local Health District from within Westmead Hospital. Let's do it. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. Look, it's great to be recording in person and not with you in a little box on my computer. So that's really exciting. But before we get into why we're sitting across a desk from each other, tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. So I'm a Chief Medical Information Officer for Western Sydney Health which is uh, one of the largest districts in the state and services around nearly 2 million people in Western Sydney. It's also got one of the uh, fastest birth rates in the country, which is around the Blacktown area. We also have a large Indigenous population that we look after as well. So there's a burden of healthcare need in this area and that efficiency gets to a point where you need technology to help drive that even further. And that's where the role of CMIO and now we have a nursing position equivalent to that as well is how we are bringing the clinician voice to information technology and communications technology in healthcare. Very important. And we'll get into that in some detail. We're recording within Westmead Hospital. So tell us a bit more about what's going on at Westmead and the hospital. So about uh, five years ago, the idea of digital hospitals was coming out and we were part and were lucky enough to be a district that received funding to build two digital hospitals, one at Blacktown and one at Westmead. And we have now moved into both of these hospitals and they are two towers that have been built in Western Sydney and have dramatically increased the digital capability of healthcare in our precinct. Westmead is part of a health precinct now, which is one of the metropolises of the Greater Sydney Plan. So Western Sydney's Westmead Health Precinct, being near Parramatta, includes the healthcare precinct with the healthcare precinct partners. So that's Western Sydney, the Children's Hospital Westmead, the university sector, 
And so there's Palmetto Light Rail that's going to be running through it. So it's really built up as this new health metropolis. It feels like, because it's been great being able to do a bit of a tour and walk around, it feels like the hospital's kind of been integrated into the community or at least with other resources so that it feels like a natural kind of progression from, you know, the university or from other resources to then come in. And even seeing the children's, you know, coming into the hospital as well, it starts to tie together nicely. Yeah, I think it's important that the education sector, the health sector, and the research and academic parts of that are all tied in together into this precinct idea because we're here for future generations and we need to train up and upskill our staff. We need to bring through the students who are going to end up as clinicians and researchers in this area. And being close to the Parramatta sort of metro area is also important so that it's not just an isolated health precinct, that it's part of a community where people can live and work and be part of that vision for the future. Mm, Makes a lot of sense. Tell us more about the concept of a digital hospital. What is that? So I think digital hospital can mean lots of different things to different people, but there is a fundamental idea that technology and communication systems are helping to augment the function of standard healthcare to a higher level. So in my mind, these are three key domains of information access, communications, as well as mobility. And these three concepts need to be uplifted with technology in order for clinicians to have quick, rapid access to patient care information about their patient, but also access to reference information so they can look up diseases and treatments and what's the best way to do something And all of this leads up to a learning organization, which is how does the organization learn from itself? How does it audit what it does and improve on what it does based on what it's learned from its previous path? Yeah. And what I noticed walking around too is that there's a fair bit of standardization in terms of some of the technology that's around too. And I'm going to imagine that's somewhat deliberate and ties into some of what you've just mentioned there. Yeah, I think hospitals around the state have grown organically, iteratively, and have sort of tacked on various bits of technology as the years went on. I think we are thinking in a more strategic direction now across the state so that when you think about building a digital hospital, that you have standard ways of looking after a patient in terms of standard technology for measuring vital signs, for example, for bedside monitors, for computers on wheels, for taking an ECG and making that electronic. So trying to standardize that in one place where the patients are moving through from ED to theatres to a ward Mm -hmm. and perhaps to even ICU. And the patient journey is consistent and flows through, Mm. but also thinking about how that works for the end user clinician, the doctor, nurse, allied health, pharmacist, for that clinician to be able to work in multiple parts of the hospital and receive a consistent experience. It also goes to when you're training staff because if staff have to train in five different ways to do the same thing and you have to train thousands of staff who churn through and work even casually or move between departments, that training and maintenance burden can become overwhelming for a health system. Mm. 
it's funny you say health systems might implement different pieces of technology with the intention of trying to make things easier for clinicians. But in the process of bringing on more and more technology, it's increasing that cognitive load, it's more things to do, and it just contributes to a much bigger issue. Yeah, it's very interesting that you talk about cognitive load. The cognitive load is burgeoning over the last 10, 20 years. Mm. And if you add to that the training load to keep up with latest technology, to train up on all the different ways that you're doing something. But also, there's also a lot of mandatory training that is imposed upon healthcare staff, which if you have to go and work in a particular department, which requires you to use this piece of technology, and that becomes a mandatory requirement, that load can increase on top of the cognitive load yep. of your training time load. It's not just there to help you. You're measured on making sure you do things in it. And if not, it's, yeah, that's critical. Just back to this concept of a digital hospital. Like, shouldn't all hospitals then at some point just be a digital hospital and that's what they all become? Yeah. So it's a concept like e-health or yeah. a concept like digital hospital. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we'll go back to using the word <laughs> just health yeah. or hospital. Yeah. Um, but right now, when we're in this flux of moving from mm-hmm. analog to digital we think of things as digital hospital. We'll have to give a meta hospital will be the next one, but that's right in the metaverse, but let's do the digital one first, but no interest. And just coming back to the the clinicians. So, you know, what clinicians want and need. And so we've touched on a little bit in terms of having that standardization, but big, like you mentioned, a big part of your role has been that kind of conduit between in, in translating it. Tell us a bit more about what clinicians want and need in terms of technology. So in my role, I've, try to support clinicians to be informed and be efficient. That's been my primary goal. Mm. And I've always had the thought that if you look after clinicians, clinicians will look after their patients because that's their primary driver. Mm. And to look after clinicians, to give them the tools to be efficient, you need to have technology that they will adopt easily. Mm. Things that you don't need to often train on that you can just walk up to and just click and press. I was just talking to our RISPAX team and how we've had to need very little training in order to use our new PAX system. Mm. It's click and use. It does not require hardly any videos or training. But also this issue of clinicians are wanting stuff that's easy to use, that is going to steer them in the direction of looking after their patients better and safer. Mm. So uh, my mantra has always been make it easy for clinicians to do the right thing mm. and make it hard for them to make a mistake. Yes. And so the entire design of how the clinical systems are iteratively improved has used that mantra in my view. Mm. And it's having a good understanding of that workflow too, so that the workflow doesn't have to be continually designed around the technology, but you know, it goes the other way as well. That's an excellent point because the previous journey of digitization of healthcare has been about an outside imposed upon the clinician approach. Mm. And I think now, particularly in the last 10 years, we have clinicians standing up and becoming purple people. <laughs> and the purple people, as would be obvious, are a combination of the red people and the blue people. <laughs> and so it's this concept of clinicians picking up technology and making it do what 
they need it to do mm. rather than clinicians being forced into fitting into a mold that technology needs it to. Yeah. yeah. Changing tracks a little bit, thinking about a common question that comes up when speaking about hospitals and technology comes, and there's always a fascination around implementation of technology because there's many, many people involved, many physical bits and pieces. You know, how does Western Sydney or Westmead in particular go about implementing technology and some principles there? I think we have been quite bold with our implementations in Western Sydney, I'd say that. We've done things that have traditionally been felt to be too risky. The change adoption philosophy here has been to be to rely on our clinicians to do the right thing. So we've done a lot of implementations that have been faster than in other places because mm. the go live is not the end of the process. The go live is actually just the start and adoption actually comes afterwards and that takes time. That takes months or years sometimes. And so this period of very slow phased implementations, which is what a lot of healthcare has been about, leads to just go live fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I think we've tried to push the boundaries on that a little bit, particularly with our eMeds implementations which was published in the way the go-live implementation was done in a patient-centric approach over a rapid period of time. And I think that philosophy has helped us to push forward and forge ahead of many of the parts of the state to put in things into these digital hospitals, particularly from an EMR perspective and a technology perspective. We've talked a bit about technology from the health system's point of view and the clinician's perspective you know, with all the work that's been done, is there a point in which a patient that visits a hospital within this area sees a difference in terms of whether it's the care they receive or the information they get back because of all this, you know, the initiatives surrounding technology? Yeah. So I think we'd like our patients to have a consistent experience throughout the district, but that can be challenging because you can't have every clinical service at every clinical site. Mm. And so you need pathways to be able to get patients to the right care that they need. Communicating with our patients is a really important part of what we're trying to do and improve that. And we've had a lot of innovation concepts and projects that we're trying to tie up with various vendors to try and improve the way we communicate with patients. And I think that's something we're going to be forging ahead with, you know, trying to get patient portals where the patient is a co-contributor to their health care rather than just a consumer. Mm. Interesting one to watch. Lastly, then thinking about the future then for the district, what's on the horizon? What can we look forward to seeing from Western Sydney? Well, we've just gone live with our electronic ECG project, which has been a fantastic innovation and very well received in the emergency department and in cardiology. Mm -hmm. We'd like that to expand across the district in the coming months. Similarly, we are going to electronic cardiotocography, which is CTG for the woman in labor to look after, including from remotely for our obstetricians for the woman and the baby for electronic CTG. Mm-hmm. We're also very keenly watching the space for electronic referrals mm-hmm. and other pieces of access to care from outside yeah. where this boundary between 
the hospital and primary healthcare outside really needs to be broken down and we really need to be synergistic in that flow between patients in and out of the hospital. Mm. So trying to break some of those walls down in order for that access in and communication out is what I'm really trying to look forward to in the next couple of years. We've really leveraged and optimized our EMR over the last few years. So we're pivoting now to device integration. So I've talked about ECG and CTG, but we're also looking at other smart devices, dispensing cabinets for medications, smart blood fridges. These are the sort of projects where we're trying to plug in smart devices into our smart software systems. Mm, mm. You've got the foundation there now. It's the opportunity to then build yeah. on it and then take from there. I'm so glad you brought up the point around integrating other parts of the broader, I guess, community and health system. There's been too many examples everywhere across Australia and other parts of the world too about patients coming from not just even primary care, but that's an obvious one to fix, but in terms of aged care and other parts too, it's a lot of work to be done across the board and I'm glad that's on the radar here in Western Sydney. So look, we'll put the show notes in the details of this episode for everyone to check out if they're interested in checking out more information. And Naren, I really appreciate you making the time and having me here in the facility to have the chat. Great. Thanks for visiting. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen. Listener.